thank you, Kim, so much for like creating that female space, which didn't stay as a female space for very long, but we're used well, to that. She, just, she said it for the one song, all right? What, you're just going to exclude no, the, it, it the didn't other even, half of the crowd for the rest of it? No, it lasted about 90 seconds well, of the song before some guys kind of found their way in. But, you know. I didn't, so there you go. Do. Not all men, I, I know. This is High Decibels. Live music recaps in New York City and beyond. Hey, you people. We're off hiatus. We are on hiatus. And you are listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists we love in the New York City area and beyond and report back to you. I'm Marlia. And I'm James. And this song is Daylight by Matt Kim, who we saw at Brooklyn Steel on Monday, November 25th, and who we'll be talking about today. But before that... Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod for clips, pics, discussions, and more. Also, look for us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, and subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Yeah, please do. Like, seriously, if you are listening and I didn't force you to subscribe when I forcibly <laughs> forcibly signed you up uh. on the app, uh, looking at you, Oliver, uh, then please do hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate that. It's very helpful to us. Uh, uh, as always, uh, I want to reiterate or remind you, shall we say, um, that uh, we do offer the opportunity to executive produce an episode, which basically means you decide who we're going to cover in the New York City area. And... Um, pay for tickets. And pay for tickets. And as long as you know our schedule allows for it, and uh, we can get there by a subway train, or maybe even not. We could work something out. We could sure. see, but um, but yeah, but mainly like you you get the tickets, and then we will cover the show. And you could guest on the show if you want or not. Just here recap whether you're going, you're not going. Do a five minute write up that we read off. Whatever you want to, yeah, yeah, absolutely, we can do that. Um, but the idea here is just to you know get people a little bit more. Uh, involved and uh, you know report for you what, what you would like to to hear more about so you know and feel free also to just like throw out suggestions uh, if you don't want to necessarily be a uh, quote executive producer you could still be like hey the show's coming up or whatever and you know maybe we'll check it out yeah so, for sure neither of us are super versed in like rap or hip-hop so if you know of like some really good artists that you think we should check out, let us know. Yeah, and you know, James has uh, definitely become more interested in exploring um, mainstream country, particularly mainstream <laughs> pop crossover uh, country. All right, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to stop you right there. I would rather review the dude playing didgeridoo in Atlantic Avenue than mainstream pop so, country. Yeah, okay. So that's going to be a no from me, dog. <laughs> That was a joke. No Jason L. Diener. What is that guy's name? I don't even know country singers. I think that's one of them, though. But, yeah, we would review somebody in the subway. Hell, yeah, that I do. Um, I Anyway, though, uh, in the meantime, we have a concert to get into. And like we said, that's Matt and Kim. Woo. And this was at Brooklyn Steel, which we have talked about before. So we really don't need to get into uh, the nitty gritty 
of uh, oh no wait that's for the knitting that was, factory that was, that was last time we don't need to We've get into those. all the finer details of uh brooklyn steel but i will remind you that their check-in process is pretty smooth um for some reason everyone seemed uh, especially obsessed with my bag uh yeah, that night interesting You've worn it there before. I don't. I know. I know for a fact. I know. I don't know what it was. It's actually a fanny pack mm-hmm. because I. And it's you know what? People sparkly. can people can laugh about me wearing a fanny pack, but you want to know something? You know who doesn't lose their shit at a concert or have Fair. their bag knocked off them? Fair. Me. Yeah. Especially when you're moshing. I'll get to that later. But yeah, it's oh, a very we'll call good that choice. Out later too. It's yeah. a very it's a very good choice for uh, active shows, and this was an active show indeed. Um, I was surprised a little bit walking in that, uh, I mean, you always expect casually dressed folks, but I thought, you know, given the sort of showmanship of this band, you might see people dressed a little bit wildly. And I I was probably (laughs) the most hooker like person in the room. I think there was a lot of people that are Matt and Kim virgins that didn't quite know what they were getting into. I see. Yeah, because yeah. I really we'll felt I was more like about that. You're I really gonna, thought you're I, gonna have to give me a couple minutes to really get into this band we later will. on, and we'll we'll, we'll right discuss now, what we mean by that in a bit. But right now we're in the front door, okay? So we just walked through the front door. We walked through security. I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, I'm the only one dressed as a hooker. It's fine, whatever. Wouldn't be the first time. Won't be the last. Um, I did see a girl in tiara for her birthday or something. So yeah, she had some kind of sign. So I was like, okay, at least I'm I'm not the silliest looking person in the room. Um, Okay, so then you know, uh, as always, bartenders were friendly, if not maybe a little bit busy and and you know slightly distracted. Uh, So this was another show with our friend uh, Drake, who uh, could not be here to record with us we'd love to have him on sometime we'll see um, but he was yeah but he was he was there with us and you know got caught up and everything um drake by the way i will uh, th- sprinkle in some anecdotes from him because he also was a man conversion and he, he was he's also not a like very well versed in this music so didn't quite know what he was getting into right i think i tried to set him up as best i could but I don't really think he was prepared. I'm just going to say this. It's the things that happen at a Matt and Kim concert, if you've never been to one, mm-hmm. are, you wouldn't, you do not, what you get is not what you expected. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're there. Get our drinks. Uh, venue music. Okay. So we, yeah, we like I said, we want to cover the experience um, moment by moment. So we're going into the venue music. Um, what I noticed was... Um, it was interesting kind of mix. Uh, normally, like this happens a lot where I don't notice the venue music at all, which is, you know, sometimes a good thing, really, because it means they're doing something right. But sometimes it especially sticks out as bad and sometimes it sticks out as especially good or just strange. Um, but in a good way in this case where uh, I heard some big beat sounding stuff, which you rarely like prodigy and that type of thing. Um, I don't know that it was the prodigy, but it, it, you know that sound. That sound, yeah. And uh, but then some trap, and then some hip hop, and then some Miami bass. So basically, what is the common link towards all of these genres that are really not very much like each other? Basic, uh, the bass patrol was on duty. Dance music. The bass patrol was on duty. It was very bassy. So um, that doesn't surprise me, knowing because I am a pretty big fan of this band i do know their tastes and their influences that's the kim side of things that's true that's what she's really K- into. yeah no yeah that's true kim is is a is a definitely on the bass patrol yeah 
uh, bass addict. So I guess that, that did make sense. Yeah, now that you say that. Mm. Um, the crowd was young, cool, diverse, but it's a Monday, honey. So the olds are catching up on the crown or whatever the fuck people are watching on Netflix now. So yeah. I feel like Here, I didn't here's the see other thing I'll say about anybody the crowd. like what, over 40? No. Well, here's what I was going to say about the crowd it's any, everybody that's been, it, that has been in college between now and 2005. What I was surprised though by is that my, and I realized this looking back at former concerts, I was like, Oh, I saw Matt and Kim back in the day. Mm-hmm. I just forgot because I remember I went to Siren Music Festival back in 2007. And, you know, at that time, people were about, you know, mid mid to late 20s. I mean, granted, younger 20s, too. But I would say, like, mid to late 20s. And those people by now have got to be, like, you know, mid to late 30s. Mm. So they had a fan base, you know, uh, in the mid 2000s that were like, you know, grown adults or whatever. So I was kind of surprised, but I don't know. It Again, it's a Monday and when people get old, they get tired. So um, anyway, so I'm, I'm reporting I'm, uh, for, all, for all y'all who, y- who used to come out and now can't hang. <laughs> um, okay, so then uh, – we uh, we had our we had our opener, and before we talk about them, I just want to state that uh, I noticed that the sound was pretty good. I could have used a little bit more vocals uh, at this time, mm. but uh, the sound was it was it was pretty good. Uh, not much of uh, not much going on in uh, with respect to a light show in, in, in that sense, production wise. Which is fine. This band doesn't really yeah. need it. This band, the Frights, they don't really do right. Yeah, that's but not really I'm their just thing. pointing out yeah. that that's where we were at in terms of production. And I would say um, I noticed uh, a lot of uh, people with uh, the Frights band T-shirts mm-hmm. on. I was not familiar with this band. A lot of people sing along too. Clearly, they have a fan base because yeah, yeah, we saw a lot of people singing along, and we saw a lot of shirts and that kind of thing. So it wasn't super packed at this point, but it was like there was a a sizable amount so it felt good i didn't feel like that anxiety that i feel when mm. it's like dead around me when the opener goes on i'm like why didn't yeah. anyone come to see the opener here's no, a funny it was thing good. It, it was, was good. it was uh at other shows that could have been the crowd for the main act right you know exactly. what i mean exactly. that's how big this was so this was following for this yeah, opener. so this was good or you know granted we were up front again as we usually try to do because we could get better footage that way you know uh, maybe maybe it was n- not so well Okay, we'll get into that. You understand. <laughs> um, usually, we can get better footage the closer that we are. Uh, so it may have not been um, super packed to the back. I actually, wasn't looking behind me very much. No, um, it was a good crowd. But but yeah, but yeah. Cer- certainly they, they, it was a uh, a strong and energetic environment, and so that's what kicked us off for the frights. And now you talk about the frights. Go. Okay, so we're gonna play the song "Whatever" by the frights. Underneath this is a, I'm gonna give my little spiel about it. So the frights are an American surf punk band uh, from California, uh, and you can definitely Poway, California. And, and you can, you can tell. That. Yeah, they came up on stage, and the first thing you go is, all right, surf punk. So you're like, all right, this is either Florida or California. Yeah, okay, it's California. Yeah, it was no, one of those. And yeah, no surprises no on Absolutely. that that they're from Cali. Yeah, all right. Especially so, San Diego. Yeah, well, yeah, Poway, and then they say they're uh, based in San Diego now. Totally they're fits. so San Diego. Absolutely fits. Um, we'll, we'll describe their sound a little bit more in a bit, but to start off, uh, lead vocalist and guitarist is Mikey Carnivale. Carna- okay. Carnivale. Okay. Yeah. Possibly? So, so before I ever know the names, I just identify these people in my head as, um, 
uh, in my own way. I would say this guy uh, is a he crossed between the guy who replaced my living room tiles with my cat Chester, who since crossed the Rainbow Bridge. R.I.P. Pissed on the living room floor. <laughs> Uh, not because of a health problem, because he was mad. Mm-hmm. Uh, cross between that guy and the guy from Florida who lived with me for a while to pursue stand-up and who would eat, like, six donuts in a sitting. It was very offensive. I was like, just bring in heroin. Yeah, honestly. Because um, <laughs> that I'm not going to touch. But I'm like, you get these, do- you go bring that shit into this house. <laughs> just that kind of California em. stoner vibe right yeah, there. Yeah, a little pudgy, you know? Yeah. Okay, so that's him. Basid, bassist Richard Dotson. Uh, A.K.A. R. Alexakis of Everclear. If you don't yes. know, look it up. But uh, very California. And very very inked up, too. They were all inked up, but it's the guy that had uh, neck tats. Yeah. Uh, drummer Mark Finn. Uh, Kal-El. Yes. <laughs> and guitarist Jordan Clark. Kip Dynamite. Nice. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that he had a Playboy sweatshirt on. He the did. last person I Which would expect to set. have a Playboy shirt on. <laughs> or maybe the first person I would expect to have a Playboy shirt. He, he did I have don't a stash. Would Kip Dynamite wear a Playboy sweatshirt? Pre La Fonda, maybe he would. <laughs> maybe he would. I don't know. Oh, man. Anyway, so that's the frights right there. Uh, like we said, that, so the, that sort of surf punk sound. Um, I'm a little surprised. These guys are uh, surprisingly actually pretty big. Like we said, the opener crowd was dense. There was a lot of people that had the shirts that knew the songs. And so I'll, I was looking around noticing this and I go, oh, sometimes when I notice this, I'll check their Spotify to see how popular they are. And they on their Spotify, like some of their songs have as much as six million streams there. So I'm like, oh, OK, these guys are decently well known. They're pretty popular to a point. And this is like a genre that I wouldn't say I'm super versed in. But I'm decently versed in, so I'm a little surprised I hadn't heard of these guys before. Uh, yeah, I could say that I was as well. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a genre that I am as drawn to, but given the level of their popularity and right. that, You're especially since a very good friend of mine is very much and a couple of friends of mine are very into the pop punk genre. Right. I and and that's kind of how this came off to me, or at least it's pop punk adjacent. Uh, oh, surfer. Th- th- right. That oh. I would not have heard of it. Um, I will also add um, something that I noticed in their um, Spotify when I was kind of listening through is that they definitely employ more um, like vocal fuzz mm-hmm. um, than I, I never saw any of that on stage which gave me a very different impression of them like if i were to uh never have seen them before heard their spotify and then saw them on stage I'd be like this this is not maybe the bassist but other than him i'd be like this is not what i expected to see on stage um so that's just a note that if you've listened to these guys on spotify and then you see them on stage they're still very good and they're very entertaining mm. but they're there's differences you know what i'm yeah. saying um yeah they very much have this uh sort of california stoner look fine that surfer rock sound, but I think they're more deeply rooted in the punk side of things, and they sort of, and they really have that sort of '70s driving punk um, sort of beats to them, and deeply fuzzy guitars going on there. And then when the surfer stuff comes in, they sort of uh, do a little bit more of a reggae rhythm to it. Well, right? let's go through the list, eh? Okay. Uh, punk sounding band, like we were saying, um, and uh, second song they played. Uh, this was the point where uh, I was like, you know, with this punk sounding sort of modernized punk sound with the sort of disaffected I'm over it kind of lyrics. Mm. I was like, oh, this is very, very Blink 182 to mm. me. And at this point, it got very uh, sing songy in a way as Blink 182 kind of Can is. Do, yeah. And um, this made me determine at that point, because I always we always ask ourselves this question, is this an appropriate o- opener for this band? And I would say Yes, inappropriate. 
maybe not a perfect opener because I felt like I understand they don't want to uh, uh, upstage the main act, but I was like, these guys are a little bit. I don't think that was a problem at all. I, I thought they were a little too low energy. <laughs> no, I disagree. I think it was a perfect amount of energy to okay. get people be, uh, brought up for it. I have to totally disagree with you on that. Well, I just got a, a just a sort of different vibe in terms of like maybe it was just the disaffectedness and like I'm over it and girls well, suck and all of that. It's the surfer stoner vibe to right. it, sure, but I think they're driving energy to it because they have a dance beat to it quite they a bit. Do. Um, I think that was more than enough to get a crowd moving at least and going a little bit. There was quite a few people mm-hmm. in the crowd that were even beginning to mosh. I saw plenty of that. So, okay. So, we differ on that in terms of the vibe that uh, the bands had um, and, and, and whether that fit with Matt and Kim. But I think we can agree that they seem to have similar influences as Matt and Kim. Yeah. But went the, in different. That's the Matt side of things. He's really into punk. Okay, yeah. so that makes sense. So, so <laughs> Kim, see, Kim see. got Kim <laughs> got to pick the venue music, and Matt got to, to pick the pick opener. The opener there, huh? No, I'm sure they share the taste, but yeah, they definitely have their sort of uh, their wheelhouses. So, uh, I was like, this this is a uh, f- for me personally, it wasn't a perfect opener, but it, it was an appropriate one. It wasn't out of left field. I'll say that. Um, they don't have that that like I said that to me they don't have that big dick energy of Matt and Kim but I definitely detected some similarities. You, yeah. you were more into the band than I was. I was, though. yeah, I was quite into. Them, I'm just so. not hugely into the pop punk sound unless it's like our well, early Green Day. I don't like the pop punk sound either. It was the surfer side of things that got me. And so it's now the we're really getting to that because now we're in the third song. We don't have a set list because they didn't post one, and we don't know this band very well. Um, we did manage to identify that one song that we um, played in the beginning there. This third song is what where James was going with this with this surfer stuff. Um, it was this was song was like very reggae, very sublime. Mm. Something about do you like my shoes? And yeah, it was something about that. I straight up leaned over to you and like, yeah, that, that's sublime right there. And you know what? That's kind of it's sort of you don't really got a choice but to say that if you're doing anything punk with some reggae in it and you're from California, the obvious comparison is because they did it best. Yeah, well, they yeah, of course. Trust me. Hey, listen, I'm I'm the one of the biggest sublime guys out there. Yeah, I don't, don't know if they did wrong. it the fir- first, but I know I feel they like they sure did it the best. The best they, made, yeah. they made it the most you know, popular. You know, this is a fact, a uh, little fun fact here. Anytime I go to the beach, I have a rule. One sublime album has to be played fully before we're allowed to play other music. That's a rule for me. And it isn't just one. playing it. James sings the whole album oh, on his back, time. shouting Fine. at the sky. It's great. That's how I unwind. <laughs> Ask him for cigs. <laughs> it's my happy place. Um. So yeah. So okay. So that's that's where we started to get that surf revive. Uh, that third song. Getting into the fourth song that they played. Um. Again, this song can't can't seem to ID it. Um, but um, it was very Green Day. Something about a girl being a bitch. I don't know. He's got, it, it, this wasn't the first time the steam came up. It seems like they, this guy who writes these songs seems to have some girl problems, which is fine. I have girl problems, too. Um, so it's kind of like seeing a, a common theme there anyway uh, with him sort of uh, being frustrated with the ladies. So that's what came, also gave me that sort of disaffected, like, pop well, fair enough. I mean, they talk about hating their town and everything. Can't get much more pop punk. Than right, they, right, and hating their town. Yeah. Did they sing about hating their town? I don't know if those specific words were used, but a similar one was absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you know those kinds of themes. Um, the next song they had, uh, it was fine. Again, very '90s, like a very slow, a slow ska beat, but it mm. was like there. I was like, again, very so- SoCal. 
Um, so at this point was the time that you you really got into a happy place here because yes. this was this was the point where they got into this very grateful deadish uh, extended jam. Absolutely. Um, for me, I sort of started to lose focus there for a bit, and not because I didn't enjoy it, but th- those sort of jam things. And I've had my fair share of um, extended jams in my life. We're talking about someone who like saw sh- fish back in the day, uh, and that would those jams would go on for twenty goddamn minutes, and I liked it. But I can't focus. I, I'm James is better at that. Like he'll be paying attention to like who's doing what, and for me, it's like I get kind of lost in it. It's like I'm on a drug trip without the drugs. I just. I, it's more about a feeling for me, and I lose a sense of like picking up on details and, and watching carefully and that sort of thing. So I was with it, but I was just, which is probably what they like, you know, people to do. You know what I'm saying? But but we are podcast hosts, so we kind of have to keep track of what's going on. But the, the this kind of moment is a moment where I find it especially difficult to do that because I just get carried off on a I wave. I just I'll track who's going to do what. Like this, it's this person's time to shine. It's that person's time to shine. This is what I've always liked these kind of jams to it because it's literally just the band going, "All right, let's show off for a couple minutes here." So and what I, did you I say? I fucking love it. Uh, they were they were doing some dueling guitar solos the entire time. They had been changing the rhythm to it. They changed the. They had your crescendo. They had your you're going way way down, almost like an EDM show where they're getting ready to drop, and you think the song's over, and then they come back for it, and. I'm gonna say there were those. Uh, there was this girl behind me that I heard say, "Oh my God, the solo is still going on. It's still going on. They're still doing this." It reminded me of like in an in an annoyed way, or like yes. in an awestricken way. It was in an annoyed way, and it reminded me of oh, Not yeah, So yeah. Silent Night. Yeah. Okay, so quick aside for that, Not So Silent Night, Death Cab for Cutie comes on, and they open with "I Will Possess Your Heart," and the the crazy sons of bitches did the entire fucking open. If you don't know that band and you don't know that song, just to interject Stop listening here. To this podcast right now and listen to the song but the i the, the point here is that that song has one of the longest intros yes. of any uh song that came out in the past whatever 15 years like yes. you know i know prog rock and blah 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 and jam bands but outside of that like an indie rock band this is one of the how, how does it clock in a, a good it's, it's a, four it's a five minute five intro minutes. and then three minute song <laughs> five minute intro and it's yeah. awesome if yeah. you're a music nerd. So anyway, so that's what he means by long intro. So anyway, yes. you can say yeah, what happened. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not saying this was like, oh, wow, that's kind of a long intro. This is straight five-minute instrumental intro. And we and hear it's the, beautiful. And it's fantastic. It's incredible. And, of course, this one fucking girl near us has to go, oh, my God, just get to the song. To which I, like wanted to scream in her face, bitch, this is the song. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That moment really bothered James. It did. So, I mean, the whole, like, oh, my God, are they still soloing? I can forgive that a little bit more because it isn't a part of a very popular song. Um, but uh, but I didn't see what the big deal is. They're soloing, you know? And and, and here's the other thing. Um, it takes confidence for an opener to do that, and I like when an opener is confident enough. So dueling do guitars, what else? Because I completely zoned out. Awesome bass solo. Both of the guitars had great moment, had great solos, and they were switching back and forth quite a bit. Each uh, musician would take the lead. Sometimes it would be more drum heavy. He was changing up his uh, his syncopation quite a bit. It was just, I mean, there's only so much you could talk about. It's almost like, uh, in a way, it's like a free jazz kind of thing. Like okay. They're soloing together. They're playing off each other. I thought it was like really good quality, clever stuff. It shows that, listen, uh, punk bands, the point of punk is that they're not that good, right? This is these guys showing yeah. that... 
the this is these guys showing we are that good. We're just rooted in this particular Yeah, that's genre. an interesting point because yeah. I, I have a note here, and I'm not sure if this happens at the top of the jam or at the end of the jam. I know I can, that I left sure bef- I could tell you. before... Uh, I left before the jam was over because I really needed to set the bathroom. But I actually am like becoming very attuned to when a show is about to end, even mm-hmm. when I have no set list in front of me. And I was like, I remember turning to was like, I had a feeling. I was like, this is going to end in about three minutes, mm-hmm. and I'm going to hit the bathroom before everyone else. And I was right. As much as these guys flipped around, the common thread here is California. Yes. If you like the California sound, it was even like not that it was like they did any straight up ska, but I definitely heard. You know, the uh, twos and fours in one of their songs slowly, but they did it. If you're mixing punk and reggae, you get ska. You know what I mean? So So you'll have notices, you'll have moments there where it really reminds you of one or the other. So they had that, uh, but there was like, yeah, there was a song that to me did not sound like reggae, but more like to me, reggae and ska. Yes, the the, the two, four, I get that, but they sound like very distinct genres to me. And I heard distinctly reggae and I heard distinctly ska. And I heard distinctly punk and then classic and then distinctly pop punk. And then I also heard some of these things merge. Oh, in the jam. Like, so honestly, if you like California shit, like this band is for you. Yes. Where do you do you, uh, have where they're playing anytime soon? Well, actually. OK, so they're on this tour with Matt and Kim, which that tour is well, done. The tour just ended. But so, yeah. but does that that doesn't necessarily mean no that these guys are stopped. OK, so these guys are done. Sorry, guys. Uh, but pull them up on your Spotify and, and follow them if you if those genres. Appeal. Yeah, they might they might just do another tour on their own. Uh, OK, so then uh, close it out. Uh, I went and got another drink. I was back, got some more venue music. Oh, it was fun. It was like hip hop. Mm. Our friend Drake was like dancing to it. I think it actually took a video of him. He had this intense look there on his face. There was one song. I'm totally drawing a blank. Which one that he really do you remember his it. face like yeah. i tried to take a video of it and of course my phone was like i don't want to work because this clip is too good so i didn't get it uh on the stories but i, I couldn't even get his attention he was so into it right. so this is like the level like usually men music is something that people don't pay any attention to um so but th- in this case this music was so good it was like wow i, I i'm sure Matt- i think it's not just that i think the other thing is that the Matt and Kim crowd is a party crowd. It's true. So they're getting they hyped. They already there. Like you said, a lot of virgins. A lot of virgins. I could tell. And, you know, there a lot of people around us understood, though, what they were about to get into and were dancing along to the music. It felt like a, basically, it felt like a club for about half an hour before yeah. they came on. But it I felt like, like I, I was I was very happy with uh, the venue music we were playing. It was mm-hmm. really fun. Okay. This was uh matt and kim's a uh, 10-year anniversary show for their album grand which came out in 2009 named as such because they were living in an apartment in grand street in williamsburg Bro- brooklyn not far from where we were blocks away from where at we were. that time yep. so this is a special show because right. not only was this show uh the 10-year anniversary but it was the final show and it was in the neighborhood where all the inspiration came. Oh, and guess what? There's even more to it. Uh, Kim of Matt and Kim fame had torn her ACL at the beginning of this tour and for six weeks powered through that motherfucker to get to this show. So not only that, it's also the last show she's going to do before going back into surgery to fix it because she tore her other ACL like three years ago. So mad fucking props to Kim for powering through there. Um, there will be more moments where we describe this more, but it was a pretty emotional night for her overall. So. This this was, and yeah. uh, we're we're uh, piping in a little bit underneath here of uh, to to sort of kick this off. 
with uh, our clip of good old-fashioned nightmare from the show. Uh, but anyway, okay, so get into the band. Okay. Um, and also describe the music, because some people may not quite understand what it means to have a drummer and a synth player and how that works. Right. I'm going to need a couple minutes on this one. Um, this is this is James' gushing moment for a little bit. Give me my time. Matt Kim's actually a pretty damn important band to me. I got to I got into them in college, and uh, it was their show where they opened for Passion Pit. What year was this? This was 2012, 13. I'm sorry, 2013. Uh, put yourself in my shoes here. You were a sophomore college student up in Albany, New York. Shout out Tina Saints. Your two favorite bands at the time, or I won't say overall, but two of your favorite bands at the time are one, Matt and Kim, and two, Passion Pit. And oh God, who's this coming to the uh, Troy RPI Fieldhouse in February? Holy shit, Matt and Kim is opening for Passion Pit. Lost it. Of course I'm going to this show. This at this point was maybe the third show I've ever seen in my life. There were a couple like classic rock bands that I had seen growing up with my parents this is the first time i'd ever like gone out of my way to buy tickets for something go to a show figure out how the fuck to get there because i didn't have a car back then and go to it and oh matt and kim comes on and they they do this little video that as it stands has like over 10 million views on youtube uh for those that remember back in that time harlem shake videos became the biggest thing in the fucking world and i happened to be at that concert where matt and kim film their Harlem Shake video and on top of that Passion Pit who I could honestly say was my favorite band at the time came on and just made an absolutely incredible set that's another band that's extremely important to me so Matt and Kim have been like super linked to me for a very long time this is the fifth show that I've seen them it's they've always been incredible um their their music is every anybody could say that it's indie pop dance uh, indie rock kind of thing sure the way I like to say it is it's it's fun music. It's happy music. It's fucking upbeat music. This is the band that no matter how I'm feeling, no matter what is going on in me, if I just want to feel better, Matt and Kim comes on. And it's been that way for me since freshman year of college. So, so those are your, there for a Those are bit. your feelings. Now tell us the facts. The, tell me the facts. Okay. So uh, Matt and Kim is, uh, oh, look at that. Matt Johnson and Kim Shafino. Uh, they're more or less based out of Brooklyn. Kim's a, a very big fan of New York. Kim grew up in Connecticut, Matt in Vermont. They met at Pratt. Pratt. Thank you. They met at Pratt and they are like the indie power couple. They are an actual couple. They've been together for a very, very long time. And essentially they graduated and they were trying to figure their, their selves out and they're living in tiny apartments in Brooklyn. And Matt goes, I'd kind of like to learn the keyboards. And Kim goes, I'd kind of like to learn how to play the drums. And they started doing that, and they just started making music together. And out here in Brooklyn, they started doing house parties and apartment parties and everything like that. And everybody goes, oh, you guys are pretty good. And so they start touring together and writing music. And now here we are 15 years later or so. Um, you know, as far as an indie band goes, they're one of the biggest there is. So for me to add to the facts portion here, uh, you would think that, you've got a drummer and you've got a synth player and, and how the hell is this a band? Uh, Matt is very adept at layering on the synths and, and adding in layers that sound like instrumentation mm -hmm. and are not. 
So there are a lot of samples too. There's a lot of sampling, and so this really it seems like it wouldn't be fleshed out, but you'd be really surprised. And that combined with the sort of party atmosphere that they uh, create, and the fact that they'll um, uh, just sort of pop in mm. uh, bits of songs that are not theirs and do covers or just play it and dance and that sort of thing. Trust me, the show is is very much fleshed out. In terms of my own experience with this band, like I had said earlier, I realized that I was like, oh, I, I, and I can't believe that I didn't really recall it. But at the time, Matt and Kim you know, I was living here in the mid 2000s. And, you know, I, I remember like this is back when I had like the Time Out New York subscription. And I remember seeing listings for them. And I remember a lot of rumblings and a lot of talk about them. They were a thing in Brooklyn. But I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, OK, I'm, I'm familiar with them. And then I was looking uh, at Sarah Music Festival, which was this Oh, I wish they still had it. It was a free music festival that they have in July, just a day, um, in Coney Island. And they had um, two stages, and they would separate it out to where um, you could go back and forth between the different sets. There was the stage that had the big acts, and then the stage that had the smaller acts. And big acts, I mean big. Like, we're talking, like, Scissor Sisters and Modest Mouse and even, like, throwbacks like New York Dolls. One year I saw them. Uh, Matt and Kim were on that secondary stage. I, I know they played it a few mm. years later later but I, I know at the time when I was that they were on that and they were nobody you know what I'm saying um so you know I just kind of had them on on my radar for a long time but it wasn't really until uh this past January where I saw them <laughs> again for free uh at Avant Gardner in Brooklyn where where this is a show where phony people opened for them um where I really got to be more focused on them and you know now they had more of a budget and whatever and, and got to see what they could really accomplish but I will say this for whatever reason I found although that show was a lot of fun I feel like this show was just a little bit extra and oh, yeah. I think that had a lot to do with the fact that this was the closer for their 10-year anniversary show back in the neighborhood kind of where it all started and uh, it was certainly an honor to be there. They really brought it their all. Before we they go sure into did. the set list itself, um, what I want to add about my personal feelings about the band uh, is really what it feels like is like the Wiggles for adults. Yeah, right. Um, Only more because, vulgar, vulgar and a lot of alcohol. Right, because it's so participatory, and you know, and the alcohol and the vulgarity is what makes it for adults and not just a children's show. Um, and it's also, uh, you know, very aggressive, but in a fun way um now a lot of matt and kim songs sound um james didn't bring this up and maybe because you don't feel this way but it's the way i feel a lot of these songs kind of sound the same to me they sound kind of sing-songy mm. they almost sound like if you change the lyrics they could be something on like you know sesame street or whatever sure. so this is like not you know a band that's like i mean they have ballads and that sort of thing but this isn't so much about like uh uh, diversity and in the music and that sort of thing this is about having a really good time and and being feeling like you are a part of the show with two of the most engaging performers I have ever seen on stage they really have this gift for connecting with the audience that a lot of bands I would say most don't have right uh, we went so, to see so their whole thing and like I said I've been a big fan of these guys for a long time so I watched a lot of interviews all that kind of thing they specifically like mentioned all the bands that they used to see in Brooklyn that were just like 
like, we're too cool to be up here. We're going to be up here staring at our shoes. You came to see us. You know what I mean? We're just going to be awesome up here, and thanks for your money later. And they never liked that. So it's a it's a thing that they that since the beginning is, is an interest of theirs, get the crowd involved. They're very much like the band that the, of all the music that I've seen. I've seen a lot of bands that feed off a crowd. These guys live and breathe off that crowd. The rowdier you are, the more fun they're having. And it's just it like a constant loop of things getting crazier and crazier. So what I so what I was saying was in terms of their gift for connecting with the audience, like someone that comes to mind on a much smaller scale and certainly not over the top, but the the gift of connection. Um, when we saw Kate Yeager at um, So Far sure. Sound, she has that gift of connecting. John Darnell has that gift through his storytelling. You know, making the audience feel connected. Um, but Matt and Kim. You, it's really hard for a band to be at their level. I, I guess, you know, maybe maybe a band that's sort of at their level, sort of in terms of uh, being physically involved, maybe like Starfucker. Yeah. But yeah, even there's then, a couple, not... There's a couple yeah. bands that are go- really going to get the there. crowd into it. Starfucker and Of Montreal are the two that, right. the two that I can think of that, really are, nobody, that are doing similar things, you know? But really nobody connects quite like um, Matt and Kim with the audience because not only are they engaged with the audience, but they're not cool no i mean they are cool but they don't think they're cool right you know they come off as very uncool and relatable and we're just like you except they're rich but you know we're (laughs) like you and they have these charming engaging sort of self-deprecating personalities they're really honest and open they have a podcast that if you listen to it yeah uh, they're super super open about it and so what you were saying before about how it's like yeah okay this isn't really complicated music and maybe it sounds all the same that's part of the reason i like them so much listen i'm I'm somebody that gets annoyed pretty quick from pretension. You know what I mean? That's one of the reasons that, like, Green Day would be a lot more palatable for me if Billy Joel, what the fuck his name, weren't so fucking pretentious. Matt and Kim are the least pretentious band I've probably ever heard. They're really not pretentious. Yeah, they are. They're not pretentious. They're artless. They're just making music that they like. Perfect level of self-deprecation, which I often see in like more quieter, introverted types on stage. That right, that (laughs) self-deprecation combined with extroversion um, is very unique to them, and that is a a niche that we absolutely need needed filled um so we really enjoyed this okay so let's get into the set list set list now uh like we mentioned this is the 10-year anniversary of their uh album grand so the first 10 11 songs are all just the album grand from start to finish love these shows by the way i've been able to go to quite a few of them the last year or two they're always a good time so if you're somebody that's really into a band and there's a, a lot of times one some of their bigger albums, they'll do these ten year shows, or maybe it's just one or two, or they'll do TV on the radio. TV on the radio, we but that was like that. that was like a handful of shows, and then Starfucker did a, the ten year anniversary of their first one, um, which was neat because they also did the set like they used to do it when they were starting out. But anyway, this was just like we're gonna do uh, the entire album, and then a bunch more songs. And then the encore, you know what I mean? It's just essentially a double set. We got our money's yeah, worth. For sure. Um, so if you're a fan of this band and you already know this album, then the next 11 songs aren't going to surprise you, is what I'm getting at. So they open with the first song, uh, first track on the record, which is Daylight, which is also their biggest song. So you don't get that too often when you see any band. We'll have that playing under right now. Right. You, uh, you don't get that too often when you see a band where they're going to open with their biggest song. And there really is no doubt Daylight is their biggest one. Um, that kind of 
sort of sprung them into stardom. That was connected with a uh, commercial. Even James didn't dare to do it. James, do we what? saw James, and they were like, "We were going to kick off with yeah, Laid." But even, oh <laughs> yeah, I don't think we ever mentioned that. James played Laid uh, like their third song. Right. They were, but they were and like, "We were going to make the first song," but we we're like, "Ah, oh, let's wait to make sure every all the people here." But the the difference was yeah. James was the opener. Yeah. So which they should not have been. Right. But they were the opener, so maybe they were a little worried about everyone being there. But everyone was but present. It, it was funny. That but anyway, they made isn't that Daylight comment. the first track on the album? It is. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, so so you should can't be surprised by that but it is still kind of funny it's just one of those things you almost never see um daylight is a song that you probably have heard in yes. a commercial or two yes that was what sprung him into stardom it was uh connected with a commercial i believe it was the bacardi commercial i, I forget I but correctly. i know yeah. that they got some See, doesn't i was in high school that's when i first heard them was that bacardi commercial and then i checked them out in college um but anyway so they opened with daylight massive banger your thoughts yeah, no, I mean those are all my thoughts. Yeah, uh, I, I just, just I knew th- I know the song. Yeah. you know most people do, and immediately the energy was palpable. The crowd was super into of course, it. Yeah, uh, Kim has a. I mean, listen, Matt has a very nice smile too, but something about Kim's smile just full mouth. You know, yeah, <laughs> just like lights up her whole yeah. face and lights up the room and tons of energy. And you could tell. And I'm only skipping ahead in time. I don't like to do this, but I'm only going to say this because I don't remember when it happened in time. But they did make a remark about how they had played Manhattan the night before. Uh-huh. And they're like, maybe it was said in the beginning. And they were like, that was a little towards okay. the middle. Okay. Oh, I yeah, apologize because I just ahead. don't remember exactly yeah, when it was said. Yeah, we don't remember exactly when it was, but this, this but was said during it's, the set. it's applicable here. Yeah. I feel like a lot of this had to do, again, with the fact where, for example, they said, we played Manhattan last night, Hammer, uh, Terminal 5, and they're Terminal like, five, yeah. it was good. And they were like, but we're, and this is the thing. I feel that this energy came from the fact that this venue is steps away from not where this album was recorded, which we'll talk about later because it comes up right. later, but where they were living at the time and where they gained their inspiration was so close to where we were. And Kim has a very soft spot for Brooklyn and mm. was like the, the, you know, tearing up right just after the end it. of this song. Yeah. So the energy was just like pow. Right. They brought it with their like, you know, their biggest hit and uh, it felt great. And then when that song ended, then, you know, Matt talked a little bit about how, yeah, this is the 10 year anniversary mm. tour and we're so glad to be back. And it, if again, I, I can't express enough how much of it felt like an honor to to be present. For yeah, it. it was really cool. And then also at this point, he tells the crowd, listen, fucking you better start dancing. And he goes, you better be ready to get people to slam into. If you're not down for that, you should probably leave your spot. And he was right. There was this guy next to me that when we get into the next song, I'll say it. But as that song was going on, he was clearly like the odd man out. Like everybody else is slamming into him and he's getting pissed. And to me, I'm like, you you didn't know what you were getting into. Yeah. Because like from the get go already in daylight, there was someone that was crowd surfing right away. Something else to mention about a Matt and Kim concert. You're not going to be in the same place very long, especially if you're in the middle. Um, there's a lot of movement, a lot of fluidity to the crowd. Don't expect to a be standing in this crowd with a beer because it's gonna go flying. And is Kim My, already said I had a whiskey yeah, and it was gone, it's gone by the middle of daylight. Kim, Someone knocked right. it out of my hand. Kim said, and so we're talking a lot about this because they play the first song and then they talk for a couple minutes. And another thing that give Kim us a, said, the, the LD on yeah. A, another on thing their that show. Kim said is like you better fucking chug your shit because it's not gonna last. Right. And I want to qualify this by saying that people often 
when when they hear about mosh pits, they're like, oh, I think of uh, aggro guys at a metal show or a punk show and they're jerks and they elbow and people get hit in the face and whatever. And all of those things were true. However, this is not that kind of vibe. Is there moshing? Is there slam dancing? Is there a potential that you might get an elbow in the face? Yes, yeah. it's possible. But I really want to emphasize the fact that the way that this is like presented by them is that that it's not intended to be hurtful or uh, overly aggressive or mean or anything like or violent. It's mm. just about moving and, being and, high and having energy. a good time and being high yeah. energy. They're not an aggressive band yeah, at I'm not all, gonna but lie their energy to, yeah. is through the fucking roof. And yeah. the only way to, to match that energy is to literally throw yourself into somebody people, else. People, you often see, you know, footage of people in mosh pits at punk shows and hardcore shows and you see scowls. This is not that. No. This is smiles. This is smiling people moshing. Uh, that being said, we're getting into our second song, which mm. is what uh, I wanna. By this point, um, there were people in the audience who were like, "This is I can't do this. This uh-huh. is not for me." And that's okay. That's you can fine. watch the Matt and Kim show from the balcony. I you can g- watch it from the back. I don't think any shit was going on in the to back the, on of the, the sides, balcony. On the sides, you're okay. Sides Just don't very be calm. in the middle. We right. were basically more or less center towards the front, just a bit right. They're Am I right? sure, yeah. That area, listen, if you're in the middle there, you're that's gonna be a mosh pit. You you're gonna get, get a mosh pit and you're gonna yeah. find people crowd surfing yeah. over you. Maybe someone's foot might end right. up in your face. Maybe right. they will fall on you. And you just have was, to know that. There was this as this song I wanna was going on, these uh, this group of like four girls, two of them pushed the front, this girl with the tiara and they she can't had a hang sign. Crew. <laughs> and yeah, and then these four girls moved and I just remember going, Ooh, you didn't know what you're getting into and I'm like, You guys can't hang. You were not ready for it. Well, this. you know, I gotta say I don't remember it being like that when I'm, we saw them in January. Well, okay, listen, we were also more towards the side there. That mosh pit was uh, uh, towards uh, away from us. A, we oh. were all the way to the front. B, and C, that while that show was wild, this was the blowout show right. at the end of it. And I felt like this mosh pit, granted the sides were calm, uh-huh. I know, because uh-huh. I was there at one point, which I'll get to later, yeah. but uh, I felt like this was a very large swath Huge. of moshing, yes. which was unlike anything I have seen at any show before, and that includes White Zombie, who mm. were very uh, encouraging of uh, of moshing. Yeah. Uh, and that that was a very aggressive band. That was an aggressive type of moshing, but it was far more contained. Mm. This was a lot bigger, and we'll talk about like exactly how Matt and Kim kind of created that, but I really, really want to emphasize that like, there's no malice met, and there's no intention to hurt. It really is about having a good time but yeah this was the point where um people were like kind of some people were filtering out and 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 just to pro tip if you're going to be in a situation like that and you want to give it a shot really the best thing you can do um if you're a smaller person Mm. i mean bigger people i'm not worried about you but if you're a smaller person like me, you don't really need to do a lot of moshing in a mosh pit because you will get moshed. Yeah, right. You will right. just be pushed around like a ping pong right. ball. You don't really you need run to run through people. Y- and you don't. When you're a small yeah. person. You don't need to run into people. The best thing you can do is plant your feet as best you can. Find your center of gravity and where your belly button is, and just sort of like like a plow woman, just low to the ground and just keep your body kind of stiff. And that doesn't mean still that you're not going to fall at some point. But if you fall and you can't get up, you don't panic. You don't freak out. Somebody will help you Someone up. Someone will yeah. help you up. Sort of an unwritten rule in a mosh yeah. pit is if they knock you over, somebody's going to help you there up. Is, there are no guarantees. 
but nine times you should be okay. And you know what? If you see someone who's particularly aggressive and overdoing it and flailing, because it's not about flailing. Your arms aren't supposed to be flying all not, over the place. Not in this pit. kind of mosh pit. In a mosh pit, your arms, you're just running into people, like, using your shoulders. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like a football player. And that's where you make contact. You're not supposed to be flinging fingers in people's right. eyes and that kind of thing. Watch where your hands are, big people. Keep your hands to your side. You bump into people, but you're not looking to, like, knock heads and stuff like that. So you do kind of have to be aware of your body. Not everyone is, but that's a tip for small people in mosh pits. Um, anyway, so that's where that's where we were at by <laughs> song two. Right. We were already moshing. Already doing this. Uh, then song three comes along. Yeah. Got lessons learned. Another, another one of... Uh, my favorite songs by them, to be honest. This is, a, this is a really good album. I've listened to this quite a bit. At this point, we're just throwing bodies around. There's the big mosh pit, which you can run into if you want. And, I, you know, we're going to talk about moshing quite a bit. If you've never moshed before, it's very exhausting. Mm. You can get in there, and you're going to be there for about 30 seconds, and then you're going to find your way out. People will let you out, um, and then you got to go catch your breath. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> I was moving from the big mosh pit to a smaller mosh pit, and then I'd have to step in between them and breathe heavily and just jump back and forth because there was almost no way where we were standing. There's a big mosh pit next to us, and then like that smaller one off to the side. We just could not get away from it already at that point. The only thing that's more exhausting than moshing at a concert is shuffling without yes. without pause. That's yes. the only time I've been more tired. It's really something. Our fourth song was a uh, good old fashioned nightmare. Yeah, um, that's honest. That is genuinely one of my favorite songs by them, and they used to play it a lot in their sets because the first two times I, I saw them they played it and the last two times they didn't and they actually commented this time and said we don't play this much anymore because it's like oh it's like a weird song to dance to and it is because we literally just went from throwing ourselves into each other full force to now this song and this sort of joke that he made during it is for this song you put your hands up and you you flail around like that guy in front of a car dealership you know the wacky wavy inflatable arm pulling tube man for everybody that's anybody that ever watched uh, Family Guy. That's what he's talking about. And so it kind of starts off that way. And then by the end of it, you're more or less throwing yourself into each other. I didn't find it hard to dance to at all, just Not a all. different type of dancing. Right. This At this point, we got into... This song has uh, unusually, and again, it's like something you would not expect. So when I say like a lot of these songs sound the same, not all of them, and they do introduce things that are sort of would be unexpected. In this case, a reggaeton beat, which is the last thing you would expect from these two people if you look at them. Um, Then I I just see a note here that someone wrote in the set list, an interlude including the Carlton song. Do you know what that's about? We're talking about Carlton from like uh, Fresh Print. Like what is that? I think they just did something quick at the end while they were getting out there and dancing. The Carlton is Carlton like the the Carlton dance. I'm not sure. I I didn't see them do that or anything. Um, They'll they'll throw like thirty seconds of uh, a sample of another song and get out there and dance to it. Is what we're describing. Okay. The Carlton song. I don't specifically remember anything like that. that I don't remember what they did for that. Uh, the next song we had was Cut Down. This song uh, is when they did a balloon race. Balloon, can we try that again? Mm, a balloon ahead. release. Yeah. And we're all just like kittens. Just One like of bat, the things bat, they bat like to do is they'll take just hundreds of balloons and just throw them into the crowd and the crowd will blow them up. And then they'll hold them above their head. And then as the song builds up, when he goes one, two, three, four, everybody throws them up in the air and then you have a ton of balloons. And then we're talking hundreds of balloons. They usually do this uh, during shows, but what's funny is they they like to tell a story. I've been to shows where they just release balloons already blown up, 
and they have told the story on like interviews and stuff about how they would used to do it backstage and just like the two of them blowing up like 300 balloons so these guys were dedicated to this for a while they wanted the balloons there but sooner or later they're like all right we can't keep doing we this. need to delegate this you task. guys fucking do it and we but, did everybody does it uh so that was really fun uh the next song was uh spare change no. and no? Next song is Don't Slow Down. Oh. Cut down, Don't Slow Down. So what yep. do we know about Don't Slow Down? I don't think I have a note on that. That's uh, you know, that's sort of a more driving song. That was just, uh, um, a lot of people were crowd surfing on that one. I okay. remember that one specifically. That's when we really started to see quite a few crowd surfers going on. And by the way, Matt and Kim love crowd surfers, so they encourage it from the beginning. The next one we had, okay, the next one was Spare Change, right? Yes. And this I remember them saying that, I'm sorry, I can't get the name right, and I feel like you know this stuff better than me, an MMA fighter, Ronda. Um, Ronda Rousey. They said. No, that, no, no, that was Don't Slow Down. That was Don't Slow Down? Yeah. Oh, then I have something to say about that song, because here's, okay, this this was one of first, the highlights. First of all, what they said was, and this is true, Ronda Rousey considers it one of her favorite songs to like get hyped and warmed up to. For those who remember, Ronda Rousey used to kick the ever-living fuck out of women in the MMA. Right. Okay. So Kim told us that, right? And then she said, in it, in honor of that, of this badass bitch, with this song to get her pumped, she's like, I want, and this is an example of Matt and Kim in very simple ways orchestrating crowd participation, yep. which is such a strong point of theirs. And in this case, it was, we want to create a mosh pit. Only ladies. That's mm. it. No men. Just the ladies. We want to have a mosh pit. Now, I said people were moshing earlier. I wasn't really moshing. I was just getting jostled and pushed around. This is the first time I actually walked, just trotted my ass right into a mix of a bunch of people who were there to fucking shove each Hell other. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That was your first ever real mosh, right? That was my first ever nice. real. This is the first for me. This is the first, first of the night for me. There were others, uh -huh. but this was the first first. And uh, yeah, there was one girl in there that was, you know, she was, uh, she had a lot of meat on her, uh -huh. shall we say. Uh, had some strength And it her. wasn't long before I experienced what a lot of people's fear is, aside from getting knocked in the head. Mm. I went down to the ground. and But only kind of almost down to the ground because there was another person whose part of their body was trapped under me. And I was like, okay, I'm here. This might last a while, but it's okay. And eventually, you know, listen, women tend to participate in mosh pits less because men are stronger and can get very aggressive about it to to a, an overboy, boy, overboard point. So a lot of women avoid it. So they don't really understand as well how mosh pits work. So in the women's defense, I really think they didn't know, like, oh, I should stop and pick yeah. that person sort of up. Sort the unwritten rule. They if just you knock somebody over fully, right. you stop and But there's just off. something they just don't, like, get. I don't know. I think the, the, a lot of women, think, it was their I've, first time ever, and they were confused. I think and women like, what at do EDM do? festivals know to do that, but I don't think many of these women have been no, to these, these uh, Most of these women were like me and had never. I have been pulled into a mosh pit un you know, involuntarily, but this is the first time that I walked in. I'm like, I am going to mosh. I'm going to do this. And before when I was saying, like, my mosh pit participation has been me just sort of standing like a mountain and trying not to get knocked over, I moshed. I literally ran into people, whatever. I would say this is my first, uh, first official, like, mosh pit participation experience. And, uh, yeah, so I would have liked to have gotten up a little bit sooner, but I did. 
and it was fine and that was a really cool experience and I just remember this moment I'm looking around and all I see are chicks and I'm like I love women <laughs> and this girl she's like I love women I'm sorry we have to have our XX have moments moment you understand XX. you have your mo- your guy moments this is a total cis moment where cis SIS I got you uh, moment where the sisterhood was coming together and kind of just get just slam into each other full force, getting getting <laughs> getting stuff out. You know what I'm saying? It was a rough week and we're getting stuff out, but we're doing it in like a positive way, not trying to hurt each other, just maybe accidentally knock each other to the floor. But that was rough housing. You know, it's not right. a thing that women really. I mean, yes, of course, there's women doing it. women fighters yeah, and that sort of thing. But this is something that. that we're really yeah. encouraged to do. It's something that we're often like afraid to do we're often like oh well that that's like very you know uh primitive and 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 these are people that i think again a lot of matt and kim virgins and that sort of thing that have never done this in their life and you could tell you could see it on their faces but it was just kind of neat i was like i'm really glad that kim did that because let's be honest like women aren't as strong and she kind of created a space for us to be able to enjoy the moshing experience without worrying about a six foot two because there just aren't six foot two women at these shows you have to worry about a six foot two guy like you know not gonna if anybody knocks me over they're probably gonna be my height or maybe an inch or two taller do you know what i'm saying they're not gonna be a whole lot bigger than me so i was like really appreciative thank you kim so much for like creating that female space which didn't stay as a female space for very long but we're used well, to that she, just, she said it for the one song all right what you just gonna exclude no, the, it, it the didn't other even... half of the crowd for the rest of it no it lasted about 90 seconds well. of the song before some guys kind of found their way in but you know i didn't so there you go do. not all men i, I know yeah there not you go all men, but enough so of them. <laughs> enough of them don't so and yeah again this is fucking ronda rousey used to get pumped up to this song right. so you know this is a rowdy fucking song super fun guys so glad to have that experience do it anytime ladies anytime there's an opportunity to like especially if they're like an all-female mosh but fucking do it yeah it's worth it okay spare change spare change good song um i always like that one it's real a uh, bunch of crowd surfers and a uh, popular one for that this is when i was starting to think all right i should probably get up there and crowd surf um for the record, this, again, is the fifth time I've seen these guys. I've always wanted to crowd surf at one of their shows. I've never done it before. I had, in fact, never crowd surfed before in my life. And I said, this time, this is the one that I'm going to do it. I've lost 30 pounds recently. I felt good. This show, this is where I'm going to do it. And then they started playing I'll Take Us Home. Wait, what Oh, about- I'm sorry. And then, and then they started playing Turn This Boat Around. Um, we'll get to I'll Take Us Home in a second. Um... And that's like a very, very slow song. I didn't know they were going to do it that slow, too. They they changed it up a little bit and broke out the auto-tuning there. Do you remember that one? Yes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. We're going to have that playing underneath. I okay. love that. The auto-tuning yeah. is so cool. It sounded cool. really cool. But it's, beyond, it's not auto-tuned the TI way. It's so auto-tuned yeah. that it sounds like a robot. Yeah. It's like that level of auto-tuned. And that's it's not very, really how the song on the album is. They were just fucking around. It, oh, my uh, God. I didn't yeah. know that. It was so Turns much butter, fun. Yeah, it's like a, yeah. It was so much fun. Um, now, before you get into the next songs, I know what you're going to say mm. about I'll Take Us Home, but... I just, because my notes are all screwed up. When did the slideshow happen? Before after. or after? T- okay, so No, I'm sorry. Before I'll take a song. Okay, so, so we yeah. had the slow song, and then we had I'll take, I'll take, um, we had the slow song, turn this boat around, and then we were uh, treated to a slideshow, which 
you know, Matt said, usually we don't we don't always have this part because we don't know whether it works yeah, or not. And everyone like cheered. Woo. He's like, don't cheer yet. You might hate this. Yeah. Uh, As it turns out. <laughs> this slideshow was such a joy. Yeah. Such a joy. So just just pictures of the time when they were making this album, which well, they did in Vermont yeah. at Matt's parents place. And so they were just they're showing pictures of them doing the recording and the pictures of where Matt grew up and everything. And it's just like a, it was just a really nice like glimpse into this artist's life at the time of, of creation of this work of art kind of thing you know you really don't get that much so again this was back in 2009 when they did this and what what i didn't want to spill the beans on earlier is that although this album was called grand and they were living on grand street at the time the album itself was actually all recorded in vermont um very snowy at the time and we saw pictures of matt's house these things um this album was recorded in his uh, childhood bedroom the whole thing yep. between him and kim and there's some great pictures. You could see his his bed uh, from his childhood that I guess they slept in the whole time that yep. they were there. Uh, that had the Thundercats uh, sheets on sheets it, on it, yeah, on it yeah. still. And then there was this funny bit where you see Kim uh, sitting there in front of the keys and she's smiling. And Kim was like, yeah, you see that face? You know that face. I'm smiling. We can kind of see the uh, disappointment in my eyes. She's like, that's because for the whole two months that I was there, Matt wouldn't fuck me because he was yep. afraid his parents would hear. It was funny. His parents were the audience. And his parents were that. in the audience, yeah. <laughs> Kim, Kim is pretty famous for being really, really honest and open and vulgar. A couple times I've seen them and Matt's like, my parents are here. Would you stop? You know? Or her mom is there and she's like still saying all this shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of a funny thing. So apparently they had no sex for the entire two months and made a great album anyway uh -huh. in the bedroom. They had all the, you could see like all the equipment in the bedroom, like a keyboards and everything. It was super, super cool. Maybe that's why the drums were so aggressive during the recordings. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, and then another funny thing was, like, kind of, you know, sh just showing more uh, old pictures around the time that they were touring. Because, like, sh oh, because, you know, Kim had said I wasn't getting fucked for, you know, 10 years or whatever. Uh -huh. I mean, t oh, not two years. T 10 two years months. ago for two months. And uh, then uh, Matt chose a picture of himself in that time. He was like, well, would you fuck that? He looks like a real nerd. <laughs> real nerdy. Oh, like, yeah. real skinny like dirt. She's like, no, but I like it's kind of like that eager guy's like, oh, boy. Like, ready to <laughs> jump into bed. She's like, that's my type. Uh, yeah, they were really, they're, they're <laughs> ragging each other nerd, a lot. It's pretty funny. Nerdy type, you know. Uh, so that was really cute. And then he met, said something about... Uh, Kim had this haircut. I think he she, she he let used to cut her hair and basically he'd always cut it into a mullet. And then he said the reason that he did that was because because I'm from Vermont and I like to hit it behind, <laughs> hit from behind with a mullet <laughs> to someone who's got a mullet. I think he also <laughs> said I wanted funny. to make sure no other male wanted to. Fuck oh, you. and that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, I had to make sure no one else wanted to fuck you, and also I'm from Vermont and yeah. I like to hit it from behind to somebody. Quick, who's quick caveat: If you really want a real laugh, check out their podcast. It's like 30 minutes where they just answer hypothetical questions, and it's really it's funny stuff. You'll be cracking up on a subway train if you listen to it. They're, yeah, no, these two are, are, are super sweet together and they, you know, yeah, they, 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 they roast each other a bit, but it's all in good fun and it's super hey, listen, sweet. Yeah. The, the best kind of relationships have a good flirt to roast ratio, you know? I'm sure they like genuinely annoy each other at times because they spend so much time yeah. together, but at the end, of, which would be normal, would be weird if they didn't. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, genuine, no, weird. genuine love <laughs> and understanding. You hear some of the stories. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> they I shared am. a twin bed for like five years. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah. But OK. So anyway, back to the show here. Uh, at this point, after they play uh, this this little slideshow here, they play I have something. Cinders. Is that a song? That's after this one. OK. So they did the slideshow. OK. So this is wrong. OK. 
Then they played I'll Take Us Home, right? Okay. So they play I'll Take Us Home, okay. awesome song, and this is the point where I go, okay, it's do or die time, now or never. James, you're fucking crowd surfing. This is happening. First time, right? excited for it. This is my very first time crowd surfing. I have been... I want to do this for a long time. Last couple of years, I was over 200 pounds. I was a little nervous about it. So I recently lost good good amount of weight. And coming up to this show, which, by the way, the second they announced this show, I have been super fucking excited for it. And the last couple of weeks, I've been telling myself, James, it's happening. You're doing it. This is a big moment for you. <laughs> Get ready. So our boy Drake's there. And at the beginning of the show, I turn to Drake. And I, I look him in the eyes. And I go, dude, never crowd surfed before in my life. I'm going to crowd surf during this game. Or, I'm sorry, during the show. He's like, I'm not going to crowd surf. And I'm like, that's not my problem. <laughs> I'm going to crowd surf. And he goes, what do you mean? And I say, I need your help. You're going to be the man that I turn to, that I could trust, that's going to give me the boost. So this is the time where I go to him. Actually, I had gone to him a, a minute before, probably before the slideshow, where I'm like, all right, you get ready, motherfucker. You're going to boost me I up. thought there was a second guy that you... No, so we turned to the guy behind us, and I go, listen, man, he's going to boost me, and I'm going to fall on you. And the guy oh, goes, okay. at first the guy was like, oh, do you need a boost? I'm like, no, 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 I need a catch. <laughs> okay. I'm going to warn the people behind me so it's not a surprise so they don't drop my ass. That's right. what that was. So a couple people behind me were warned. I turned to Drake. The song started. I go, all right, motherfucker, let's do this. He gets me up, boosts me up. I almost get dropped. I believe you turn around and help me get over the get over the top there, you right? You betcha. I had your uh, left uh, hamstring. There you go. So I finally get on the crowd. I move about two feet back, and then I do get dropped, except for everybody still had their hands under me. See ya. And at this point, by the way, I, I'm feeling a little defeated, and I'm like, I had my triumphant moment, and it lasted like less than a second. And then the guy that's like right next to me that has his hands under me, I straight up hear him go, nah, motherfucker, you're getting up there. And lifts my ass up, and that man is the real MVP because he got me back up there, and I finally got to live my dream about crowd surfing at a Matt and Kim show. It was like being lifted by the hands of the Lord. Yes. You know? I was like, now I get this whole, like, people get into this religious fervor. Oh, yeah, like, right. If they did this at church. Yeah, or if, you, if I could crowd surf at a church, I'd be going every Sunday. It's a trust but exercise. But anyway, this story gets funnier because I'm up there for a decent amount of time. They didn't just bring me up and then a couple seconds they bring me down i'm crowd surfing for a solid 20 seconds i feel myself go back feel myself go to the right kind of feel myself sort of looping back towards the front about 20 15 seconds i'm looping people are starting to thin out i'm like okay i'm probably going to come down soon 20 seconds i drop fall on this blonde girl and i felt kind of bad about it and i did apologize afterwards drop turn around drake's there (laughs) They lifted me up, crowd surfed me around in a circle for a good amount of time, 20 seconds, and I dropped off literally exactly where I started. Wild. Never happened. Now, I didn't get any footage of this because uh, I was busy trying to keep his ass from falling. And then by the time he was kind of in good hands and sort of out of my reach, he was not very visible. Right. But trust us, it happened. Yes. Take our word for it. So now you can wear the shirt. Yes. Okay. So then that was I'll Take Us Home, mm-hmm. right? And then we had Cinders. Cinders. Cinders is a instrumental song. It's, if not their fastest 
song, period. It's definitely the fastest song on the album. They do play it pretty frequently in their shows. I've heard it before because as an instrumental, it's just they just tell you this is a really fast song. You better be dancing really fast. Before I forget, I, I, ho- I hope I'm not skipping ahead. I probably am, but I do not. Kim has a thing where sometimes she plays the drums with these like two foot long dildos. When did that, that happen? Was, that was later. Oh, okay. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to blow the load there, but I <laughs> yeah. don't remember it happening. I don't remember the exact time. It's a thing that she was does. Later, it's a thing she does. Okay. So this now, next moment. Amazing. So what happened was I feel like I, I should tell this story. Go for it. Okay. Because it leads into a story of my own. Uh, a girl was brought up on stage that uh, I guess is a friend of Kim's or... A Helen. Fr- Shout out Helen. Friend of a friend. And uh, she's like, Helen, let's get low or whatever. And so she brings her up and they're getting low and they're like, you know, booty bouncing and all of that. And it's real cute. And then Kim changes the music to something slow. And then she's like, Helen, show us your moves. Now Helen's totally confused because she's like, I don't know how to do What am I supposed to do? Dance to this weird slow yeah. music. Like, what the fuck? And she just looks like completely out of her element and not sure Deer what to headlights. do. Deer in the headlights. Next moment, this uh, pretty attractive guy comes up on stage and she clearly she knows him and kind of looking at him like, wait, why are you also up here? And we figured that out pretty soon mm. because then he went down on one knee. Ladies and gentlemen, he went down on one knee. Had a we saw a proposal. And she did say yes. I mean, the Harlem Shake thing, I'm sure that was real cool. That, but Listen, a proposal at a concert, I've never seen that before. I've never seen a and, proposal at a concert. And I do concert. believe they, they know those two people really, really well. Yeah. So it seemed like it was important to, for them, too, that they got to share that moment. It was them. so beautiful and sweet and she was like at first looked totally stunned like she was not expecting this well i mean how could you (laughs) well to where i was like did she eat did they even discuss getting married you know what i mean it was like that level of shock like it took her a while to like process what was happening it almost seemed like unromantic in a way and I was worried but then so she clearly said yes because the ring goes on and they hug but then and I was still like is this maybe and then I realized oh I bet you she's also maybe not a very like maybe a very public person and she's feeling a bit shy because then it was like it all registered for her and she turned around to the audience and like a maniac and I love when women are Mm. maniacs like this she's like shows us the rock she's like I yeah, like jumping. Like yeah. nuts. Yeah. And I was like, okay, she's excited about this. This is a good thing. It was just <laughs> shock. I think she just had no fucking clue this was coming and just didn't know how to react and was bawling on stage in front of thousands of people. You know what I mean? So I, it just took her a minute to be able to steal herself enough to react properly. But you, you know? guys, it gets better. So they're now engaged. And then, like, talk about this is the perfect way to kick off your journey with the person that you hope you'll spend your life Ladies, with. Ladies, real quick, by the way, this is how I want to be engaged to. Uh, so just, you know, if you're listening, future future Miss James, I would like to for you to propose to me at a Matt and Kim show, just so you know. Because what Matt and Kim will do for you this after awesome. that. So they have this other version of Daylight that's called like Daylight Outro. The Outro Remix, which is the last song on the album. Right. Okay. ending the album. So here's what happened. She said, we are going to give this couple an appropriate send off and we're going to crowd surf them to the back. And I was like, 
how amazing is that mm. and romantic to crowd surf with the person that you just got engaged to the matt and kim show and so and they, they get and s- they held hands the whole time. time it was yeah. so cute so here's what happened so then i also knew i wanted to crowd surf at this show but i was just like i don't know when i don't know how i'm nervous da 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 so they go back, but the song is still playing. And I was like, this is my favorite song. This is my favorite song. I didn't want to do it at the beginning because like, I was like, that's ah, too soon. But I was like, this is my favorite song. Like, ah. So I was well, like. Well, okay, this is the outro remix of your right, favorite but, song. But, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? I was like, it's still like basically my favorite. And then it was just the right time. And I look, I find the tallest man. He's like six foot two. I'm like, can you give me a boost? And he's like, yeah, I can give you a boost. I was like, set me up. <laughs> and. Up I out. went. The couple was now officially gone, so I wasn't stealing anybody's thunder. And I'm up, and I was like, holy shit, I'm crowd uh-huh. Like, at first there was that moment where it felt like I was going to get dropped, because people, but then people, like, got it together, pushed me up. I felt the hands come up, the hands of New York City, the hands of Brooklyn, push me up to the sky. And then I realized, oh, what I really need to do is stiffen my body out, almost like a starfish to sort of distribute my weight so it's not like a, a bowling ball with appendages. And uh, and I'm crowd surfing. And I was, and it was, like, right after that couple had gone out. And, you know, it felt like I had caught the bouquet at a <laughs> yeah, wedding. Right. <laughs> it really did. I was like, this is a good omen. This is happening right after they went out the door. I'm crowd surfing right after them. I was like, this is a good sign for me. I'm, I'm so happy. So my direction, I was not like circled like Jane yeah, was yeah. or deposited somewhere else on stage. I got pushed all the way to the front, which of course means now that you're pushed over the edge to where security is. And then they like escort you to the side or whatever. But it was really funny because they were trying to be very stern with me in this sort of thing. Cause they really don't like dealing with this shit. Um, but uh, you see that every time at a Matt and Kim show, it's like they don't know this is going to happen. Right. You know? But no, but that's OK, because when you got a face like I do, all you got to do is look at them very sweetly and be like, you are a very handsome man. And it was like every feature softened. I'm mm. telling you, it was like butter. Little kiss on the cheek. Oh, my God. These guys turned into completely different people. Mm. And uh, then everything became very civil. <laughs> Help you right and out. And I wasn't... Ju- yeah. Right this way, ma'am. And I, yeah, I was no longer like firmly escorted out. I was gently guided. I was gently guided to the side. Yeah. And that's that's how I ended up at the side and saw that things are much more calm on the side. Um of the stage it's a good place to be if you don't want to get pushed around too much um and so that wrapped up the grand set but then we have another yeah, set whole you guys thing. i was they, on cloud nine after cloud they threw out an i don't know if you were you of course yeah, come I on, on i knew i knew cloud it was nine what was funny they have an intermission and they literally had that you know that uh like let's all go to the lobby thing that plays in old movies and everything they have that in the back and then there's this guy next to me that's like shouting one more song, what? And it's like, bro, they literally say intermission up there. Do you know what that means? Mm. I literally turned to him like, dude, save your voice. Like we're halfway through. <laughs> there's a lot more to go here. So at this point, that's eleven songs they've done, and then quick intermission, and they come out and they open up with Hey Now, which is one of their uh, fun one. Yeah, that's a really fun one. That one came out, uh, I believe, is that New Glow, the second album, or I'm sorry, the fourth album that they had. Yeah, New Glow off their 2015 album, New Glow. Um, that was like the big uh, uh, single off that 
Um, they played a bunch of their other songs, basically. So they play everything from that second album, and then they start touching on a couple of their other stuff, uh, except for really anything from that that first one. That I have some really notes about before you get f- before you move beyond uh, Hey Now. Go for I it. I want to add that at this point, I'm still grinning like an idiot. I'm just so so yeah, over the it's moon, so much fun, and so happy that I got to take a. It wasn't just that I crowd surfed and gee, that was fun. It's like it's taking a risk, and it always feels good when you like take a risk and like give something a shot that you thought that you would never do um, because I did see so many people get dropped so I was like I'm so glad that I made myself do that and it was an incredible experience and this was the point where another um, element that Matt and Kim shows are known for is uh, deployed shall we say yes. and this is the um, blow up dolls and the pool floaties these blow up dolls are very <laughs> unique and that they are naked a male and a female for Matt and Kim, Which, and the male uh, is anatomically incorrect. Very, very well endowed, and the female is too, because uh, let's say Kim is not a large-breasted woman. In no. fact, she's quite proud of that, and so a uh, funny story with the, when they started making these dolls, because they've been doing these sex dolls for quite some time. These well, the first dolls. question was whether they, before you get to that, the uh-huh. first question was, well, now, do you want to have the asshole or just the vagina and uh, they're like we don't want to have any holes e- either, we're not yeah. looking to go that far yeah we're just uh, it's, we're just <laughs> so these we're just being uh, we're these, just like being crazy we're, we're being we're assholes and we don't want to have assholes on doll. our dolls so and, yeah there's and, no assholes and it's there no actually holes. it's also their faces on the dolls yes and kim uh specifically ordered Sac- female sex dolls with very small breasts to match her own. So there she you go. requested that, and they said, "Well, we don't know. We've never been asked to do that before." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Isn't that some? <laughs> Everyone wants big, big titty blow up dolls, and it was like they'd never come across a request where the person was like, "No, we want little titties on yeah, just the blow up titty committee." So these dolls are flying all over. It's super fun, as well as some pool toys, beach balls, that kind of thing. Super fun. Um, and then there, so then it was get it. That's another song off the New Glow album. It was a 2015 album. Uh, one of the two singles off it. And then they got uh, just a great, good song. So we mentioned before how the Grand Album was made in Matt's uh, childhood room. Yes. Right? Their first couple albums, I'd say their first four were, or, yeah, we will say their first four were very, very DIY. And they always sounded like that. And this is where you're getting your Hey Now, you get it. That 2015 album was where they started to more go into um a studio and actually produce their stuff a little bit and that is not to say i'm never going to be the kind of person that says that, you know I, I remember when that album came out and a lot of people were like this is matt kim well like this when john darnio the mountain like. goats yeah came out with a more a less diy sound right and doing it's just something different yeah Got some money now. this this is exactly a matt and kim song this is just you know they actually have a studio now so I was never one of those people that disparaged them for, you know, actually producing their shit a little bit. Okay. Uh, Silver Tiles. Silver Tiles. They always comment as one of the first songs they wrote. But it's a, that's, a, that's a good one. It's a popular one. Um, I'm a big fan of that because it's really one of their older ones. It's probably the oldest one they pulled out in this set. All right. Uh, go, go. Uh, for this one, what I remember is uh, just that I think I started moshing yes. again. Then by this point, I was like, you know, the confidence was built up. I got I, I got that that uh, experience of moshing in the all female mm-hmm. mosh pit. And now I was uh, good and ready for a co-ed mm-hmm. experience. Go, go is a new single, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. 
This is a brand new single. Okay. By them. Um, and actually, they're uh, another thing to mention about Matt and Kim. They're pretty well known for pretty creative and fun music videos. Seriously, check their music videos out. They're a ton of fun. And this is a really good uh, new one that they had uh, that will probably crack you up if you if you give it a watch. I have a note here. I know the next song is Block After Block. I don't know if you want to hey, say something about block that. Block After Block. I just love that song. It's a yeah, that's that's definitely one of the more dancey songs, and that's uh, one of the songs that uh, I was throw on during a workout. You know what I mean? That really gets me going. Around this time, I'm not exactly sure if it was definitely before the next song after block after block. Now, uh, before that one, uh, they randomly and they did this a few times, but I just don't I don't have every moment uh, set down. But they'll just like randomly pump in a song that's not theirs and dance to it, and. Um, in this case, they uh, did it to, oh, God, I don't have the song title um, of the song. I'm going to look it up really uh, quick. Yeah, here we go. Uh, the song Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Yeah. The one I was like, woman, great till they got to be Oh, yeah, and like Matt sang it too. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. And here was a funny thing. A funny thing happened in the crowd at this time. There was a guy next to me, and his friends were like, crowds are crowd. He's like, I don't know. Da, 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 da. And, I, and he's like, no, 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 go up. So they bring him up just before that song kicks off because there was no pause. It was like yeah, one song right into the into next. It. So now this guy is crowd surfing, but the song, you know, James got, um, what was the song that you crowd surfed to again? Oh, the one that I got to do is I'll Take Us Home. I'll Take Us Home. I crowd surfed to Daylight Outro. This guy got to crowd surf to what is uh, basically a strong black woman anthem. Yes. Which was probably not. Sang by a skinny white guy. Which is probably not what he expected for his first crowd surfing uh. experience. And his friends are dying laughing because out of all the songs that it could have been, it was like. Yeah, of all the just Man like, Kim songs, this guy was hoping a crowd surf. He's too. just like this skinny, like awkward white guy. And yeah. he's like, he's up there like. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and he's like up there, like, yeah, okay. It was so funny. Yeah. Oh my god, it was just such a one of those moments that was just like talk about like a I don't know juxtaposition, almost or like whatever. a record scratch kind of thing. A, a total contrast in terms of like what the song is and who sings it and what's it about, and then this guy crowd surfing, just looking very awkward. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Contradiction. And the worst That's part what I'm is for, a contradiction. Contradiction. The yeah. worst part is the next song that came on now was awesome to crowd surf. So it's yeah, like Yeah, but he, he was almost, down by he then. He was down. He should have just gone right the fuck back up. That was the song now. This is also the point where Kim showed us her tits. Yes. Uh she does that other show though. Yeah. So. Um listen, if I had been on someone's uh for the next song, hey, uh which was Money money uh where it was encouraged that um all the anyone who was like i guess i didn't qualify yeah. five three and under yeah. get Kim, on something on the short side and so uh something that they comment on is sometimes matt if they're standing next to each other in a crowd and he said it during the show sometimes he'll look around and then he'll get down to her level just to see what it's like for her and he's just like and you're just looking at other other people's asses at that point and she's like yeah well that's my life there but she said it's not the worst thing to uh, look at she's yeah. like she's like i need inspiration sometimes. sometimes i've been with the right, same guy for so many yeah, years 15 years or she so she said something like that it was yeah. really cute and this was this was on the song money which is another uh brand new single that just dropped. is this a song where she played the drums with dildos because when did that no happen? that was early I'm, I'm forgetting when but that that happened earlier i she can't 
believe I missed that because it's really funny. Yeah. I mean, just these big, stupid-looking dolls. They're not Massive. realistic looking. They're like yeah. purple. Like as big and long as your arm. Just completely Straight ridiculous. Yeah. And then she hits the drums up and then they flop around. It's like so stupid and so funny. I never, it never stops making me laugh because I'm a child. Um, okay, so then we get to uh, where are we at now? Well, they did a quick cover. They like a 30-second thing of up in here. Up in here. Oh, that was really, really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, They didn't play the whole thing. It was a pretty quick cover of it, but then they go into the last song of their set. And this is a point where Kim said something that I I don't think I got it on uh, uh, recording, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. but she was like tearing up again. She knew this was like the end of, official end of the set, so to speak. And she's like, remember she said, she's like, it's just too much. Mm. It's just too fucking good. Yeah, it and is. she was like start crying. And I was yeah, because like, yeah, yeah. like to be back emotional. in Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, if you ever if you ever want to go on like a whatever a, a Matt and Kim history tour, the address uh, which they dropped um, later on in in this set that they lived at uh, three fifty eight Grand Street. Mm. I'm gonna have to make a pilgrimage so wh- there. So whoever whoever lives uh. there now, I'm sure gets their fair amount of. Uh, People taking pictures on the stoop. Kim Shiano. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure. I'm sure it happens. Where Poor people that live at 358 Grands. Uh. Um, but yeah, so it was. I was. It felt so good to to be a part of a moment that was clearly so important yeah. to them. And then, of course, so the final song is called "It's All Right," and so yeah. they Matt does a bit of an intro and just like, listen, we like to close out with the song because with everything going on in the world, all the craziness. Sometimes you just got to remember that it's all right. And that's something, you know, we kind of mentioned a, a bit before of like why this band's important to me. This is like kind of a concept that runs through most of their songs. They're very upbeat. They're happy. Things are okay. You're young. You're having fun. It's all right. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a real philosophy of theirs. It's always run through. And it's like something that I've ever, always been able to cling to because, uh, you know, this song has been there for me in the past. I, I'm, I'm like straight up this this song. And it sounds silly because it, it really is just a silly, fun pop song. But their their lyrics are clever. And Matt writes all the lyrics. So let's say his lyrics are clever. And there's a theme that runs through him of like young and have some fun. Do, do something adventurous. Be around people that you really like. Live in the moment and just remember, remember it's all right. And that's like simple things that have always run through their music that I've always gravitated towards. So just if you, if that's something, if you're ever in a bad mood, fucking listen to Matt and Kim and you won't be. Let's put it that way. You know, it's not a bad way to live. Right. That's not a bad um, um, the- philosophy, uh, philosophy, to, philosophy yeah. to live by. Um, can I intro this next song? Because. There's I something know. very funny go about this it. song to me. This, uh, by the way, so this was the end of the actual set. They go off for 30 seconds. We chant. They come back. Yeah. We went through the formalities. Uh, happy if you're happy. What struck me about this song, I love this song, and I'll get into that, but what struck me initially about it, and I don't know if you noticed this, mm. but they were off in the beginning because they came out together singing, and it was awkward because they didn't come in at the right time right. and they were like looking at each other smiling i was like you know what this reminds me of it reminds me of two people like a couple that go up to sing karaoke and they kind of fuck it up mm. at the beginning because they're unsure it was just like this very charming right. humbling kind this of song moment that they've definitely done dozens of times before that just made me feel like oh they're just regular people mm. like sometimes they screw up and it was sweet and they know they kind of screwed it up but they just laughed and then they just went into the song this is a great great song you guys because yes most of these songs uh, by matt and kim are upbeat and there's some ballads here and there this is my 
one of my particularly favorite. I would mm. say this is my favorite ballad of theirs. And it's, it's just this really yeah, sweet song. And the reason why I like it so much is that um, thematically what it's really getting into is the idea that two people who are in love don't necessarily need to like all of the same sure. things. But the point is supporting that other person in what they like and where they like to live mm. and, you know, what they're... I mean, obviously you have to have, like, the same core values and all that. Sure. But we're talking about things like maybe activities hey, that uh, you... Diff- it's it's finding what you compromise yeah. on and saying that, like, I'm compromising on this and it's literally in the title... This makes me happy that it makes you happy. Right. Activities you, know? you may differ on or places that you, know? you might like to visit that you differ on. But it's just like it, it is about finding that balance and and finding those little compromises. And even if it's like not your thing, quote unquote, mm. like you're not really into it. Just being like, you know what? I'm happy to do this because I'm watching you do it and it brings you a lot of joy. Mm. So. I'm into it. So you know? enjoy the museum and I'll nap in the in the front. Right, there, exactly. Like I'll be there, I'll yeah. be present. And it, it's, it's well, yeah, that's what he's like. I'll nap in the front, but it's yeah, an honest thing. He's like, lobby, listen, yeah. I'm tired. I want to yeah. nap, but I'm like, I'm willing to come with you. But you know, and it's uh, but but you he showed spend up all day, and I'll go to the lobby, and that's that's actual lyrics, and you know, it's also sweet because this. He, this is a song that in it's he's been open about this. This is about Kim. This is Matt writing about Kim. And as I had mentioned earlier, a couple years ago, she had torn her ACL. I think it was 16 or 17, something like that. And apparently that one was a lot worse because she wasn't able to like even finish the set on that one. And she's been touring on another torn ACL for the last six months, six weeks. Um, I believe she just said something where it's like, that one was brutal. And for some reason, this one, it's torn, but it doesn't hurt all that bad. Um, weird. So... Uh, they documented more or less her whole recovery there. They had a vlog at the time that I don't think they're they're super on anymore. Matt and Kim show you stuff, and if you go back to the actual like it's it, I think three separate posts. Well, the podcast has kind of taken over from a little because well, right? they've been touring at the same time too. So um, they had uh, I think it was three or four vlogs of just like this is what happened, like this is video footage of it, and then like still footage of like her getting taken to the ambulance to the hospital and everything, and they more or less like documented her recovery. And so during this time, he had written a song about her and he said on stage, like this specifically because I realized you are the happiest you are when you're in New York and you're in Brooklyn, which, again, is like makes that link that the fact that this is the last show on this on this tour and it's in Brooklyn even better because it means that much to the artist that's on stage, too. And uh, you couldn't really hear it on stage. But if you listen to the recording, there's an audio clip sort of towards the end there. That's a clip from. One of the vlogs of, of Kim like crying because she's in a shitload of pain because she just had ACL surgery um, and that was included in it. So it's a deeply personal song that they're very open about how personal it is to them. And as you know, we have talked about these sort of lovey dovey things mm-hmm. in the past uh, with different artists and my jaded self, um, the snark just naturally kind of uh, comes up from the depths of me. But. I don't feel that here no. uh, for whatever reason. I was going to say something like, well, you know, unless it's like NASCAR, then like, let's get real. Right. <laughs> um, but no, it's like, you know, if the person I love really likes n- now, am I going to sit down and watch every single race? Like, no, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not. I'm probably sure. not going to do that because, listen, I had to do but that I'd my to, whole life. I'd go to a race life. to make you happy. You but know? I would. Yes, that's yeah. the thing. It's not like I'm going to completely divorce myself no. from what you enjoy. Does it mean I'm going to do it every time? Maybe not. No, but I'm going to enjoy but the I'll fact participate. that you're enjoying And you know what also what I'll do? I'll be like. 
hey, I know I didn't watch it, you know, for the sixth time this month because three times was enough. <laughs> but how was it for you? Sure. How was the game? It's not pretentious yeah. and it's honest. It isn't all perfect. It yeah. isn't like you like those things, so I, I like those things. I love these things. I no, like what. Oh, that yeah. drives me nuts. I'm no, sorry it's to straight up. I don't like these. I things, like but what you like. I like, like barf. That, that it makes you happy. Right. That's and what that's I like about it. Is, it. He's yeah. being honest about the fact, like this isn't his thing, but he he's willing to like you know, I uh, appreciate the fact that she likes the thing. And right. I think that's why the song doesn't make me barf because there, there also is, also it's pretty short because it's, like it's it is, but it doesn't overstay it, its welcome. It doesn't, uh-huh. but, uh, but it, it, it acknowledges, uh, the sort of imperfections and relationships and it isn't all like sunshine and roses. And it's about like, here's, here's how to, to deal with that. And this is the, the healthiest way. And that's why I, I, I really don't, you know, feel any snark towards the song. It's just, it's just this is the kind of love song that I, I can get down with. Sure. Love these two. All right. So then, uh, whoo, this is at really this fun. Point, yeah. At this point, they did uh, a cover, more or less, of Just a Friend by Bismarcky. And yeah. really, it's literally just the chorus. Yeah. They like to do these at shows a lot. And they're just, they had everyone put their arm yeah. around someone. And they'll have you do it a couple times and just be like, better be louder this time. And everybody gets louder. And they'll do it another, you better be louder this time. Oh! baby you and just you get into it you just scream at the top of your fucking lungs yeah that song is meant to be sung badly and it is you can't possibly sing it as badly as biz marquee did exactly but you can try and you should that's the aspiration sing it very poorly and sing it very loudly i think we did it well i'm proud of us and then we slipped into let's go let's go let's go let's go i love this song this and I knew this was it, and this was gonna mean this meant the show is over, and yeah. I was just like, ah, oh, damn it, damn it. So at that point, you know, the inflatables are still bopping around and that sort of thing, and then I was like, you know what, fuck me, I'm a, I'm a take. This is another first for mm. me. So first mosh, first crowd surf, first bringing home something that came from the concert, unless You're you count right. the set lists I've begged for, which is not the same. But uh, so I took this inflatable uh, pool toy. It looks like an orange Fruit Loop. I'm looking at it right now, uh, and I wore it home, like as to, if I to raucous laughter from people on the sidewalk. By the way, talk about a way for people to not bump. I mean, they do bump into you, but they're not touching me. I was like, oh, I mm. should keep this in mind for future reference. Definitely wear wear this in public. Um, and it came home in the Uber. Obviously, uh, it is still with me. Uh, a wonderful souvenir, simple, understated, but perfect, fun, bright colored, you know. Kind of like the band. Yeah, really just sort of like exemplifies the band for me. Would I have liked to have caught the t-shirt or something? Sure, drumstick. Oh, yeah, I guess we forgot about that. Uh, yeah, they threw out some shirts. Oh, they, the, wait, we got to backtrack. The first, before we came on, before they even played, they threw out a t-shirt that was right next to us, and both of us got our hands on it, and then you fought for it, too. I saw that. I know, but yeah. it was like these other guys had way too st- Well, I realized that there were two guys next to me that had a much stronger grip on yeah. it than I did. I had like this much yeah. shirt. I had the same had thing. Like, I had like a hand on it. I'm like, all right, that's not They had last. like you a sleeve, and yeah. I was like, these, I'm going to let these two fight it out. And yeah. somehow they did, but they just pulled it back and forth. Yeah. And I don't know how they decided who ultimately was going to get the shirt. But uh, yeah, so yeah, it did come pretty close to us, which that never happens to me. I've never no. even gotten close to catching something before. Yeah, that before. shit never comes near me. So I brought home the souvenir. I'm like sweaty, I'm pantsing, I'm walking out, 
uh, you know, whatever, just like chatting to, to people that I met in, in, in the crowd and that sort of thing. Seemed like our friend Drake really enjoyed it. I just felt really, really happy and, and positive after this show. You always yeah. do. And you know what? I uh, felt pretty good skipping cardio this morning, too. Uh, yeah. Really didn't fucking need it. I weighed myself today and I was two pounds lighter than I was yesterday. Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't usually weigh myself every single day or something like that. But yesterday, I had be- after being out of town for two weeks, I weighed myself. And then today, out of curiosity, I'm like, all right, I sweat a lot last night. Two pounds lighter. Two well, fucking pounds. I, uh, Svelte. I dropped one, but I sweat less. And also, it's harder for women guy. to lose weight. I'm very sweaty guy. It's harder for women to lose weight. Maybe I was um, just more active. I, um, <laughs> oh, I don't know about man. that. I don't know about that. I was drip. Listen, you know. I was moving, but I don't drip like you drip. Listen, you know you sweat a lot when your jeans are wet from sweat. It's it's what we expected. It's what we knew was going to happen. Yeah. I'm surprised that uh, Brooklyn Steel didn't burn down. Let's be (gasps) honest. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we definitely had security working that night. Um, Yep. Came home. Got changed, got undressed, confetti falling out of my clothes. Yeah. That was kind of funny. Anyway, so yeah, final thoughts. Like we will um, post uh, information on Matt and Kim again. This is the end of this tour. It's uh, unclear as to when they will be touring yeah, again, but we'll give rough. you the link to where you can find that out. It's the end of the tour. Kim's gonna have to go into surgery, and my guess, since they've dropped a couple new singles, they're probably working on an album right now. Yeah. So I'd expect an album to drop within the next year and a half or so and then a tour after that is what you could really expect so final thoughts mine are see these guys live the next opportunity you get it's a super fun show you know even just like aside from the music like i promise you um and 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 obviously if you don't like being touched or jostled there are places you can stand where that doesn't happen and you can still really enjoy this show highly highly recommend do it and the frights yeah them too yeah uh yeah i'll I'll say i enjoy the frights solid I'll keep checking them out. Uh, Matt and Kim, Ultimate Party Band, the most fun live act. I've sold to everybody this. They are my favorite band to see live. They are, without a doubt, my favorite band to see live. And this just this kept a, proved it again. This is the best one yet. Um, Better than the time you saw them do the Harlem Shake? This is the most fun. I've, this is unequivocally, I'm going to say this right now, live on this podcast. It's going to come out in a week. This is unequivocally the single most fun time I've had at a show. Is it now, in your top five? Doesn't Doesn't make the top five. Uh, we can do that now, but I feel like this is running kind of long, so maybe we save it for the next All episode. All right, we'll save it for next time. My top five. Uh, it does make the number one as the single most fun concert I've ever been to, though. You know, listen, the best musician I ever saw doesn't make it on my top five either, so let's put it like that. And you'll hear about that next week. Um, before we get to all that, Twitter question, though. Oh. Have we come up with one? All right, what's the most, uh, who else is, uh, all right. Matt Kim is to James and I believe to Marlia the single most upbeat, raucous party uh, live act we've ever seen. Do you agree to that? Yeah. Dear listener, if you haven't seen Matt and Kim, or if you got another band similar to Matt and Kim, because we threw out Starfucker and Of Montreal as well, what is to you the most raucous, upbeat, fun, black band? Who's fun as fuck? What, what concert did you go to where you had just the most fun? I like and that's that. It. That's the question right there. Um, so on that note, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod for clips, picks, discussions, and more. Also look for us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, and subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Let's outtry this with Let's Go by Matt and Kim. You've been listening to High Decibels Podcast. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon. Oh.